G'day everyone and welcome to episode 548 of Aussie Tech Eds. Yes, another week and another slew of stories to get through. It's uh, the 24th of August 2017 and we are brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au. Alright, I'm uh, Glenn Goodman and shortly we'll be joined by uh, Jason Oakley. And But before we do get to him, we will tell you all about the TuneIn Radio app because you can search for Aussie Tech Radio and get the Aussie Tech Radio on there, which is a 24-7 wall-to-wall back-to-back podcast of Australian tech podcasts. So if you're into all that sort of stuff, give that a shot. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and YouTube.com, uh, both of them, forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. And also the paper. There's a paper that gets uh, produced every day, twice a day, in fact. And you can find that and subscribe to that at AussieTechEds.com.au forward slash paper. And also you can see the show notes and other interesting bits and pieces uh, on the AussieTechEds.com.au forward slash podcast page. You can follow us on the Twitter, Aussie Tech News, or at Aussie Tech Eds, or me at Glenn Goodman. Hashtag Oz Techheads. I was reading today that the hashtag is 10 years old. We might get to that later. I've, I just remembered that one. I'll see if I can Google that one while we're talking. Uh, don't forget the Aussie Max Zone, the Obsidian Loft Old Fart Geeks, and Aussie Tech Security. I think the two middle ones there are in a bit of a little little hiatus, but uh, we'll see. Oh, no, the uh, Obsidian Loft wasn't too, put an episode out not too long ago, so it's still kicking around somewhere. All right. So let's bring in Mr. Oakley. How are you doing, Jace? Not too bad. How's yourself? Yes, good. Thank you. How are you? You were crook last week, so you're all better now? Yeah, got my CPAP machine going. Oh, good, 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 good. And uh, yeah, they're not cheap, are they, those little fellas? No. um... Also been uh, busy with the radio stuff. Oh, how's that going? I'm doing two shows a week at the moment because people are sick or go holidays or whatever, so I'm filling in. I was filling in Saturday afternoons and... For two weeks, and this weekend I've got to do Saturday night request show. So, do you do the your show when you fill in, or like say if you? I try and do their show. Okay, like so if they're doing the ballroom dancing hour, you uh you fire that up. Yes, my last show that I did last Saturday afternoon was a lot of country and western soon. Oh, both, they like both kinds of music, country <laughs> and western. Yeehaw. So you played a couple of Glen Campbells and uh, Rhinestone oh, Cowboy. Yes. <laughs> yep, <definitely>. Good stuff. <laughs> I had two oldies ring me up and they're like, that show was great. We love the music. Yeah, right. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> I'm just like, what what songs did my dad used to sing yeah. 30, 35 years ago all the time while he's walking around all like. Oh, yeah, there's another one. I better put that one in. <laughs> so, to oh, make four hours of a show of country music. Oh, jeez. Really but you would have what, chucked in some Johnny Cash, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, the, all the good stuff. Yeah, yeah good stuff. So this weekend, I'm, the one I'm filling in is the Saturday Night Request show. And so it's everything. Mm. And people can ring up and say, hey, have you got this song? Can you play this for John? Because it's our anniversary or whatever. So I'll be doing a lot of that. So you'll, you'll play pretty much like anything within reason like yep just yep. so like um i'm too sexy for example yep. yeah right, so <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay yeah right good stuff all right and, and i've you... uh, been updating their website too so oh nice uh, what do they build that in wordpress oh yeah easy easy not, not drew powell no no oh well you know there's uh there's time for that <laughs> but yeah i've got it updated i put my show and my photo on there in the time slot that i'm there moved the guy <laughs> who was in my time slot to the one before where he was got rid of the guy who's no longer there and um used to have to go to 
the um, live stream page and then click a link which downloaded a listen.pls file that you oh, hard, for yeah. iTunes. So now I put a little button on the web page and it's got a play button. You just hit play mm-hmm. and you can listen to it on the browser. So much better. Can't they they uh, push that into the TuneIn radio? So it's just... Yeah, it's on TuneIn. Yeah. Okay, cool. I listen to it on TuneIn all day while I'm working. And what station is what do they What do people search up? Great Lakes FM. And I'm full of questions tonight, aren't I? And what, yeah. what day are you on? Uh, usually Wednesday afternoon, or Wednesday evenings from six to ten. All right, there but, we go. Uh, if you that's for retro regeneration, regeneration, regeneration. Right. <laughs> I uh, usually start off with fifties uh, music and work the way up to nineties, two thousands, and beyond. Right, nice. And how does it work these days in the radio stations? Do they own their their music, or are they just you just sort of like playing some sort of licensed Spotify, or how does how do they how's the music stored for the stations? Yeah, it's um, ripped from CD to MP3 and put in to a database and then we just have an application that's kind of if kind of like the itunes interface where you just put in a whole heap of songs and then hit play and it's got the um sponsorships and promos and stuff in there as well right we've got a a running sheet that says every 15 minutes you play the sponsorships or promotion at the top of the hour you do the news and then sports promo and then read out the weather from websites and then start doing your show Right. Yeah, good stuff. Sounds interesting. Um, I did have another question, uh, but I forgot, but that might be enough questions about that anyway. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to ask? It's, uh, yeah, radio, songs. That's a... Oh, yeah, so when you rip them, do you know what, what quality they're ripped at? Just... Yeah, they try and keep it 256 and above. Oh, okay, right. Some people um, purchase their own music and take their MacBook Pro there, plug it in and play it off okay. there. Okay, so I thought... so. I suppose because it's community radio, that wouldn't that must meet the licensing standards, yeah. I guess. Yeah, because I, I know. But even with the libraries, I believe you know when they buy a book or they buy a DVD or something at the public libraries, they buy it for a lot more because they're going to hire it out. So yeah. I, I thought it might have worked something similar to to you guys. Well, we've got a we've got a huge library there with thousands of songs. So I just play all mine from the library there. I don't bother taking in anything. You can, we've got. Two CD players and even a record player if you really want to go that Ooh, far. Jeez, wow. If you're and one of those um, vinyl addicts, you know. If I get five seconds, I'm going to ring up and request a song on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. or you can text me. <laughs> All right, yeah, cool. Is it, is it busy? Will I get through? If I... <laughs> I, know. I only heard the start of Bruce's show before I, while I'm driving home from my show. When I, oh, well, the show that I was filling in the last two Saturdays, so... Mm. Uh, usually the first hour he has a theme, so I think last time was the Rat Pack and right. those songs for the first hour, and then from then on it's all requests. But he goes to midnight, which I don't think I'll go to. I think I'll probably go to about ten or so, and then mm. switch over to the automated system. Yeah, fair enough. Well, this week we've had some news from the A Triple C. They're warning of fake MBN scammers. And, uh, yes, I know, dun-dun-dun. Now, nearly $28,000 has been stolen out of the clutches of Australians this year by scammers pretending to be the MBN, and uh, all in order to steal their personal information and money. Now, Scamwatch, which if you're not a subscribed to their newsletter uh, or Facebook page or whatever, subscribe, Google it, find out where they are and uh, what they do, and subscribe to it because they, they do alert you to different and varying scams that are around the place. Uh, you can go to the show notes and just click on the link of the uh, first story here, ACCC warns of fake MBN scams. It'll take you to the Scamwatch, and I'm sure you'll be able to find your way to a subscribe button. But anyway, uh, 
Scamwatch has already received 316 complaints this year related to scams impersonating the NBN. Now, I guess the, it's the oldies that, you know, get stuck with these things the most and mm. uh, because, you know, they don't know what's going on. One of the most common scams involves scammers ringing victims to connect them to the NBN service and demanding payments with iTunes cards. Now, you think... Anyone that wants you to pay for something with iTunes cards, they're not the real thing. No, and I, th- I would also go as far as to think, well, if you're going to get scammed by a fake MBN, you probably don't really know what an iTunes gift card is. Or an MBN. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm getting a TV station. Mark, yes. a, a new station. The Newcastle Broadcasting Network. <laughs> oh, excellent. I've always liked Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, the ACCC said that... Australians over 65 are particularly vulnerable. Yes, blah, blah, blah. NBN will never phone you. So this is the ACCC. NBN will never phone you out of the blue to try and sign up a service to you over its network. NBN is a wholesaler, meaning they don't sell direct to the public. If you do get unsolicited calls like these, it's a big red flag and you're dealing with a scammer. MBN will also never call you remotely to fix a problem with your computer or to request personal information. I don't know how many times that these stories and people have to talk about this for people to stop getting scammed. But Well, since you watch those news stories on television and lawyers and policemen and doctors are getting scammed successfully and you would think they're quite clever people to be in mm. those positions, then you can't really blame average Joe for getting scammed as well. No, I guess not. I guess not. But like, there are a lot of scams around, and sometimes, yeah, you get emails and stuff. And look, I think I had one a little while ago now where... Got well, the... if you're getting emails, you should be signed up to our system because it's my job to stop them scams getting tickets. <laughs> so and if they do, let me know. So what is... what is So, yeah, tell us more about that system then. So what happens there? So you've got a product, is that right? Or, or, you got, or you're just an email uh, outlet? Like no, no, we got a we got a product that you can either use our systems or have our um, servers installed on your premises, things like that. Usually for really big ISPs and web hosts. Oh, okay, right. So not, as a consumer, I can't just go, "Hey, I want to hook into this software so I don't get s- spam." Less likely. We we did have a desktop product, but um, most of the times now it's uh, server only. Right. And it hooked into Exchange and things like that. So. Oh, yeah, okay. I think there's others. There's one around, uh, is it MailGuard? Do they do a consumer one? I'm not sure. But anyway, that's I think that's another one. Uh, Apple's hidden job has been found online. Now, how's this for a sneaky, sneaky? Uh, yeah, so uh, there's this guy called Zach Whitaker. Uh, he discovered it by chance while analysing some data being sent from iPhone apps. Uh, and it was a page on the Apple website that was looking to hire a person for a job. Now, the text begins, and obviously what it is all about is if you've come across this page, you, you've found it by doing, you know, going through, jumping through a few hoops. And if you jump through those hoops successfully and you found the page, Apple is looking for you. The text begins, hey there, you found us, and says the firm is looking for a talented engineer to develop a critical infrastructure component. Hmm. Got a little graphic here. Apparently, this is what it looked like because he took a screenshot. Oh, that's a big graphic. Yeah. <laughs> now, as part of the stream of traffic, I could see it was kind of yeah. So this is so when he was doing his uh, iPhone apps, whatever he was doing, as part of the stream of traffic. I, he could see it was connecting to this one URL, and there it was. The use of hidden messages uh, in recruitment campaigns does have a long history. Now, hmm. I think if you would remember, he watched the movie. Uh, 
the well, what was it? I don't know. Wasn't it the uh, with the Alan Turing movie? I don't know. The Enigma Code. Yeah, that's what it was. And remember, in in that they put puzzles or something in the newspaper, and oh, pe- right. yeah, people who could do the I think it was a maths puzzle or a decryption sort of a puzzle. If you could do the puzzle, then you uh, applied for the job. Uh, so during World War Two, code-breaking headquarters Bletchley Park set puzzles in newspapers. That was that one. And in 2016, British firm Dyson devised a series of four challenges, beginning with a key hidden inside a YouTube video. That yeah. uh, I was going to say. Have you ever watched um, Archer? No. What's that about? Uh, it's um, well, it's a uh, animated show about a special agent guy called Archer, but the guy who wrote the show um somebody was watching this show and they noticed uh in the background when they had somebody's bio who was on the show it had some hexadecimal numbers so they thought oh i wonder what that's about so he decoded it and found it was a tiny url oh and when he went there he found out that it was a site that was created by the show's creators Right. They didn't mention it to anyone it was just hidden in this hexadecimal code and then once he logged into there there was a um, audio file on there, so you had to download and run a um, audio spectrum analyzer application <laughs> that could strip out uh, hidden messages inside the audio, right. which had another tiny URL which went to a different site where you could log into a computer system like they use on the show. Yeah, and then um, it sent it had links there to other sites where you could go, and there would be an image. You download the image and run it through an analyzer, which could take hidden messages out of images. And there's just sites wow. all over the net. The Reddit did a huge track down on it once it became once they found out about it, and found all these sites all over the place that had like crossword puzzles right. and all this sort of spy stuff because it's about a, a guy who was. Uh, in the um, it was called the ISIS agency, unfortunately, <laughs> before before the, um, the ISIS, ISIS people we... became famous and mm. was all over the news. So they had to change it in the TV show, and so they killed off the agency. They just blew it up. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> Overcoming wow. that problem, but yeah. yeah, it's really fascinating, and and just because this one guy is like, oh, I wonder what those hexadecimal yeah. numbers. Yeah. Decode to in ASCII. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, and then wow. suddenly this huge thing, phenomenon, just took right off. So that was a TV show? Yes, yeah. yeah animated uh, TV show. Archer? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, so in 2015, GCHQ, whatever the hell that is, uh, I think, is that the UK Health or something? Uh, used a pressure washer, maybe not, <laughs> used a pressure washer and stencil to spray paint cryptic graffiti on the pavements of various UK cities as part of its recruitment campaign. The department also used online quizzes. So, yeah, it's a pretty popular sort of stuff, isn't it? Government well, Communications it. Headquarters, British Intelligence oh, oh. Organization. But how would you go about or even... Well, who would get an audio... Who would get an audio file and then put whatever that thing was on it to strip out some more audio to find another little piece. Who would do that? People did. <laughs> Thousands of them. There was a huge frenzy about it. Even um, Homer Simpson's mum left an encoded message in the newspaper for him. Right. When she was on the run. <laughs> All right. The a... first, first letter of every um, paragraph. It was like, Homer, I'm still alive. Then had this story. Okay. Now, I don't watch too much of The Simpsons, but... Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's everywhere. How, how intriguing. All right. Now, uh, 
What have you been reading this week? I hear uh, Google's been up to some things. Yeah. Um, company has recently announced integrate. Oh, this is um, so so sorry. Uh, wrong story. Where are we? Back up one. Google has announced a lot of helpful new features to make your smartphone even smarter. Here's everything coming to Android O. And what does the O stand for? Ho ho ho. Oreo. Oreo. <laughs> yep. Oreo biscuits. So this is. Have they moved? Is this still keeping with desserts? Although it's a biscuit. Is this still yeah, dessert? Yeah, they had Kit Kat before. Yeah, so still the dessert theme. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When's the like Google Snakes or something? You On know? a plane. <laughs> well, so yeah, tell us what's Oreo doing. <laughs> Ever try checking your schedule while staying on a video call? Android Oreo makes it easy with picture-in-picture, picture, letting you see two apps at once. It's like having the power to be in two places at the same time. We've all been overwhelmed by notifications and managed to miss the ones you care about the most, but Oreo has notification dots that you tap to see what's in your, your apps, like the important ones you put in your home screen and then take action on those notifications quickly. Android Oreo is more secure with Google Play Protect, built-in, security status front and centre in the settings, and tighter app install controls. That means you're better protected from nasty malware that could help cook steal all your dosh. Oh. Battery is about to last longer too. Android Oreo helps minimise unintentional overuse of battery from apps in the background. These limits keep your battery going longer. Android Oreo helps minimise unintentional overuse of battery from apps in the background. Speed is, is essential for phone addicts, and with Android Oreo, you can get started on tasks more quickly than ever before with a faster boot speed, up to twice as fast on Pixel, in fact. And once you're powered up, Autofill and Android Oreo remembers things like logins with your permission to quickly get you into your favorite apps. Plus, support for Android Instant Apps means you can teleport directly into the apps, no installation needed. And there's over 60 completely new emojis. Isn't oh, that wonderful excellent. thing? Yeah, I can't wait to Did use I, them. Can we convert you to Android now for just because of that? Yeah, okay. If they if they got... The emojis that got you, right? I, I want emojis with freckles. I'm being discriminated against. <laughs> I need... <laughs> I want freckle emojis. More, more Damn it. <laughs> yes. And these ones actually look like the iOS emojis, not strange alien blobs that they used to have. Mm. So, so tell me with these, this the Google, what are they? What do they call the the Android? Yes. So, is it still like um, you've got to have a certain phone before you can use the updated software, or are they? Is it trying to get like, yeah, uh, you can put it on most of the phones these days? It'll run on most of the high end phones. Some of the medium ones. And um, not very many of the low-end ones. So okay. So is... You have to upgrade your phone for the low-end ones. But um, like the S8 that I've got is going to be updated at some stage, but they'll roll it out first to the Pixels because that's the Google-only phone. And are the telcos still slow in rolling out the latest you updates? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But do you use the... Uh, so if you were to buy a Google phone, an Android phone, would you use the telco-flavoured Android that's on it or would you wipe it and put in a vanilla and then go? I usually just use whatever it came with. You can get like Cyanogen Mod <laughs> and things like this to get faster or more features and things, but the mm. um, default one that came with the phone usually works well for me. I've just got a standard Telstra one. Okay, yeah, right. 
Yes, because uh, yeah, I know because I'm out of contract in next month. Thank goodness. Uh, yep. But I still don't think I'm going to go Android. I'm not going to buy another iPhone. <laughs> but uh, but look, look, when if the iPhone actually dies, well, yeah, I don't know if I would buy another iPhone. I really don't. I know all about the security and all this sort of stuff. You don't have any problems with security and and not on, not on either of them. iPhone. Yeah. Well, since I've been in both camps now, I've bought tons of apps for both platforms. So I don't yeah. miss a lot of people have just invested in iPhone and iPad apps and you know mm. they you always get nickel and dimes like 99 cents here for this app and a dollar 49 here and then mm. suddenly you spend a hundred dollars and you didn't even know it so a lot of people will stick with their iPhone platform because of that reason but if you're not too tied down there's enough apps on Android that do exactly the same thing mm. and so all these because I know that we've got another story we might as well sort of dip into that one now because it's about the uh, where is that it's about malware that's been around where mm-hmm. where is that story uh, blah 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 yeah no not that one I think I did I paste it in two years yeah, yeah. Two years and a hundred million downloads later, uh, more than five hundred apps have been yanked from the Google's Play Store after they were found to contain software development kit that could download malicious plugins at will. So, these aren't obviously any good, and it doesn't make you feel any better for having an Android phone. But as far as you know, you've never had any issues. And look, I, look. After reading this story, I just sort of thought to myself, you know, you know, Apple go through every single app. As far as I know, that yeah, that, very very strict. Yeah, and like for the amount of money that uh, Google makes, I think they could probably step it up a bit. You know, yeah, like yeah. The, these things shouldn't be there, and they they should step up a bit, step up to the plate a bit more. But uh, yeah, so the SDK is this particular one, and it's in the Play Store. It's not like it's in the you know the the not side loaded or something. Yeah, that's right. It's not. Uh, yeah, well, there's Samsung Play stores and there's whatever Play stores probably Amazon. hate. That's right, everywhere. Now, um, yeah, so it's been used in hundreds of games, apparently, this little bit of code. It was, uh, the SDK is used for developers for in-app advertising. And it's made by a Chinese vendor, Igexin. I-Jexin? I-G-E-X-I-N. I can't even start for that one. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, you know, here we go. The Chinese are at it. They're at it again. It has been used in hundreds of games, whether internet radio, image editor, and other apps, which has been downloaded in excess of a hundred million times. Lookout said, so Lookout is the place that uh, is reporting on this. Lookout said the malicious functionality was fully controlled by Exxon. I have ever you say that, which could activate at any time and download malware from a remote server controlled by the Chinese company. After being notified by a lookout, Google pulled more than 500 apps that feature this uh, advertising SDK. So it is rather poor. I think I think Google should, as I said, step up, put some more money into it because it's it's after all, it's pretty much like it's not their flagship. Search is their flagship, but uh, well, it's that's up there, isn't it? It's one of their main products. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they can't have that sort of crap going on. But Definitely not. Do you have antivirus? I know you can get antivirus on phones now. Do you have any of that, or are you just happy? Just don't Do worry. I, I can check. I don't think so. No, I haven't specifically well, installed any. Oh, there you go. There, it comes well, with a lot of security features built in. Uh, 
the Play Store security and stuff, which has always been there, but now it's going to be more up front and center than it was before, which is why they're talking about it now, mm. just so that people can see it quicker with clicking on links rather than going into men- uh, menu settings, security, oh, yep. phone security, yep. malware. Yep. Uh, yeah, so look, in keeping with the uh, sweet theme... <laughs> And, of course, we were talking about KitKat as well. Now, KitKat have used of copying Atari's game Breakout. So you would all remember the Breakout game. Uh, Like Little... What was it? Where did I hear that? Little Brickout? Was that on the Apple? I think it was. But anyway, the you know, where you had the... The, the squares or the, the moving bricks up the top of the screen, probably layers of four or five, and then you had a little uh, base down the bottom that you move left and right. You had to keep the ball in play, and it used to bounce up, hits the hit the bricks. And... Um, that was like uh, like Arkanoid, one of my favourite games. Mm. I made a, uh, in 2000, I made a version of that for the VZ200. And VZ200. Oh, yes, right. I remember yeah, saying that. And I remember like I remember reading the instructions for one of these. I think it was Little Brickout, wherever that came from, in whatever platform I was using at the time, that's what it was called. But I remember in the instructions, it was, you know, keep the ball alive. And the term, you had to put a little bit of English on the ball. Well, have you ever heard that term? <laughs> No, maybe a bit of mustard or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But Apple uh, two, Apple two, Apple Basic, Apple two DOS three point three, little brick out. Apple, Apple Basic called little brick out. Mm. And and it was like, and what it meant was because as a kid, I'm thinking, what's oh, it was by Steve Wozniak. Oh, there you go. Ah, so uh, yeah, and I'm thinking, put a little bit of English on the ball. What does that mean? You know, what, what is what's what is this strange word? Why is it here? But what I think it meant is that you know you hit you hit the ball on its on the side on the yeah on the side of yeah. the panel uh, on the side of the paddle and it would go off into a different direction and that apparently was called putting a bit of English on the ball. So um, maybe it was a cricket term. I don't. I've got no idea. <laughs> but anyway, uh, look, I've got a video. I've got a little clip, a, a photo here. If people on the video, they can have a look at that. But this is the one that this was the one that KitKat got in trouble for. So they KitKat put an ad out, and instead of bricks at the top, they were bricks of KitKats. You know, ah. yeah, fingers, KitKat fingers, and uh, that's apparently what got him in trouble. So this is like two years ago or something. Yeah, that uh, this happened, and now Atari have decided they they've taken offence to it and said, "Hey, that's our game you used there." But anyway. Yeah, the advert showed a game similar to Breakout, but where the bricks were replaced by KitKat bars. Nestle said it was aware of the lawsuit and would defend itself strongly against these allegations. They'll teach them. Yeah. Atari alleges that the similarity with its original game is so plain and blatant that Nestle couldn't claim to be an innocent infringer. Uh. Nestle spokesman, or Nestle, depends where you're from, said this is a UK TV advert that ran in 2016. The ad no longer runs and we have no current plans to rerun it. Now, I wanted to have a look at the ad, but I had found it quite hard to find it on the on the uh, internet. On I did. I looked on YouTube. Oh. Yeah, so I could I could only find stills of it. There was one news story that looked like it had it, but it had been removed. So whether or not that's all part of the, you know. The AP lawyers at work. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, yeah, Atari's come out of the the woods after yep. twenty years and said, "Oh, we're still here. That's our, <laughs> that's our game." Yeah, they got a new uh, box coming out. 
new Atari box. As in an updated one that will run different games. It's got USB ports and SD card slots and stuff. But will it run what new for new games or new ex- games. the yep. old? Yeah, okay, that'd be interesting. I knew there was. I'm pretty. Yeah, I think uh, one time Will was talking about a box with USB. I wasn't too sure if it was going to have new games or not. Yeah, but um, yeah. They had a um, preview on. I think it's like AtariBox.com. Oh, let's see if I can find that. AtariBox dot. AtariBox.com While you're doing that, Breakout directly influenced Wozniak's design for the Apple II computer. He said a lot of features of the Apple II went in because I designed Breakout for Atari. I designed it in hardware. I wanted to write it in software now. This included his design of color graphic circuitry, the addition of game paddle support and sound graphic commands in Integer Basic, which he wrote Little Breakout, a software clone of his own hardware game, Wozniak said in 1984. So, so what's he saying there? That he invented Breakout? He, they, well, they, they came up with the idea and he had to um, create the computer for it to run on. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice. Basically, all the game features were put in just so I could show off the game I was familiar with, Breakout at the Home Computer Club. It was the most satisfying day of my life when I de- demonstrated Breakout, totally written in basic. It seemed like a huge step to me after designing hardware arcade games I knew that being able to program them in BASIC was going to change the world. Yeah, nice. What do you think of the Atari box? You can get a uh, wood panel version. Yeah, is that it there? Yeah, it's just a little box, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't know what it is about Atari, but uh, it's obviously because, you know, it was probably one of the the consoles that was out when I was a kid, but just the name of it, the logo even, you know, it's just... um, I don't know, it's beautiful. And the logo is based on uh, Breakout as well. It's got the two paddles on the side that curve in and a line down the centre for the centre line in the game. Ah, right. Well, you when, they, when they had the um, Pong, it's from Pong, sorry, not Breakout. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and what was the uh, the, the, the game that came with the old, well, the Atari was Combat or something. That was the, the game that was oh, yeah. thrown into the box. Yeah, so yeah, it looks all right. I I'm going to probably have to go and have a look and see does this scroll this page? What else have we got on here? Oh, no, that was it. What else can we do in here? Hang on, I'll go back to the page. What else can we go? Press, developers, jobs, news and updates. Oh, Facebook? No, press. Let's have a look in press. See what's in there. Oh, nothing. Send us a message. Uh, jobs? No. Oh, yeah, let's have a look at jobs. Maybe there'd be a job for me. It's got an application. <laughs> oh, that doesn't... Oh, everything's just a everything is just a uh, contact news form. Up, news and updates. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the Atari box. <laughs> yeah, so it does look good, doesn't it? It'd be mm. interesting to see what sort of games come out for it. Uh, where, yeah. like, I'd like to probably see like a. It'd be cool to have like an updated version of oh, a lot of their older games. Yep. Here's one on Facebook. I'm so excited! I can't wait to see the <laughs> controller. It's going to be. Is it going to be digital only or is it going to use physical copies of things? I'm just dying to know details. I love both editions. If wood grain is sold out, I'd go for the red and black. I think it's aesthetically well designed. I'm glad you guys are putting work and time into this. I want it to succeed. There we go. Hell no. Atari wood grain for the win. <laughs> yeah. They're going to take on uh, Xbox, Switch and PlayStation. Oh, it must gonna be a pretty decent machine then, eh? It's yep. going to be... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, very interesting. Well, yeah, well, Atari haven't made any news for a while, have they? So, you know, no, no. new products. So that's good. Excellent. All right. 
Um, did you have anything else there, Jace? Or you want me to uh, yep. plug on? Let's see, where are we up to? Uh, Sonos com- customers react angrily to new privacy policy. The company has recently announced integration with voice responsive smart speakers like Google Home and Amazon Echo. As Sonos rolls out the integration, it will begin collecting more customer data about audio settings, system errors, and other account information of users. And if they don't agree, they won't be able to update their speakers, which means they'll soon cease to function. The company oh, said. <clears throat> that's not very good, though, is it? Like, I, I think, like, I, well, every time I get a, you know, you get a question on installing Windows or whatever it is, do you want to send next, next, next? Yeah, that's right. Hurry but... up and install it, everything. <laughs> yeah, what well... did I agree to? I don't care. No, well, that's right. That's right. But but if I if I if I come across that you know send diagnostic report, I go nah, waste of time. You know, I don't want to yeah. waste the internet. <laughs> But yeah, I don't think that that if you say no, that that shouldn't hold back your updates. We That's know pretty. Spending Whoa, what's that? Really not just hold back updates, but also bricks it. So Sonos spokesman said, if a customer chooses not to acknowledge the privacy statement, the customer will not be able to update the software on That's... their Sonos system, and over time, the functionality of the product will decrease. Mm. The customer can choose to acknowledge the policy, or can accept that over time the product will cease to function. The ultimate. Ultimatum quickly drew criticism mm. from annoyed customers as well as privacy ad- advocates. I'll happily toss my system if true privacy matters and good companies respect their customers. Another Twitter user took to social media platform demanding a refund for his Sonos speakers. Your new privacy policy is not going over well. Expect backlash. I want a refund for my three speakers. Spokesman for Sonos refuted the notion that his speakers would stop working properly if customers didn't consent to giving up their data. No one can really opt out of a privacy policy, they said. It's not like we're collecting a whole lot of personal information. The updates, he says, are simply designed to improve products and customer experience. Sonos said it does not sell customer data to third parties for profit. When it comes to using your information, our principles are simple. We'll be transparent about what data we're collecting and why. We'll protect your data as though it is sacred. The company's chief legal officer, Craig Shelburne, wrote in a blog post regarding privacy changes. I've heard all that before. (laughs) <laughs> just, just ask the people who signed up for Ashley Madison. Yeah, <laughs> because Sonos is a platform that partners with streaming services and other home devices. We do share some data with our partners that is necessary for making the partner service work on Sonos and providing a quality experience. Yeah, look, I think that's a bit rude. Personally, yeah. I think that fair enough, you could probably add a stretch, you could probably say, yes, push through updates and yeah. so forth. Uh, but to just push on and bulldoze through to collect personal information like i don't probably have a like a a problem with actually doing it like who cares like what are they going to get what your playlist or something what you're playing which is no big deal but if you are against that you shouldn't have to be forced to do it Mm. that's like um the big uh uprising that happened when um some image hosting sites where you would store your images from your uh, phone's camera or whatever would auto upload using the app and then they said all images that have been uploaded mm. are now the property of us and we can use it in any advertising we want to. Any picture that you've created, mm. uh, we're allowed to use uh, in perpetuity and stuff like this. So. Yeah, I forget who that was. Was that some Facebook or something? I can't remember yeah, who I'm that was. Sure it might... Facebook yeah. or... Um... But remember, I was a while ago now, even with Microsoft, I think, you know, if you updated a file like i don't know whatever you were a letter or whatever you're working on to their dropbox not their dropbox but to their 
one cloud or whatever it was back then, one Sky cloud, yeah. Sky yeah. Lab or whatever it was. Yeah, um, someone noticed that when you retrieved it, when you pulled it back down, it was like a couple of bytes bigger. And mm-hmm. so, but and Microsoft was actually inserting like some XML code into it, so they could track what people were using or whatever. Oh yeah, that's been that was there way back in the early Office ninety seven and stuff, where any file that you created, if you went through and read it with a text editor, would say this file was created by Glenn Goodman on this computer, and it was from this folder on his computer, and all this sort of stuff. Hmm. So that's a bit dodgy. That's uh, that's no good. I think that's then you, then you could that. download a program that would take that out of Office, and then the future offices didn't have that. But yeah, no, nah, look, that, that's not right. That's not right. There's a lot of your information has been scattered around the place these days. And look, if you're against it, you if it's you shouldn't shouldn't have to do it just for the sake of uh, a company collecting the data, updates, security updates, uh, whatever. Yes, that's fine. What go go your hardest, but. Just collecting anything. If you don't want it, I don't think it should happen. No. Uh, they'll change their mind. Twitter's onto it. You know, <laughs> you know how powerful Twitter is. They're onto it. They'll be right. <laughs> now, Australia blocks another 59 popular pirate sites. <laughs> good luck with that. That's us. I mean, that's <laughs> good. You know, stop people from doing those naughty things. Naughty things, that's right. I think as we, as, as we showed oh, a couple of weeks ago now, wasn't it? We just you changed the DNS and bang. Yep, got straight through. There you go. The crackdown prevents users from accessing 59 illegal torrents and streaming sites. So the the net is widening. Uh, so streaming sites as in things like Putlocker, uh, where you could just go to Putlocker and click on what search for whatever you wanted to watch, click on it, and bang, you were watching it. So you're not instead of downloading it like a torrent, you're actually streaming it, which means you weren't really downloading the whole thing. At, you know, downloading as you watched it, then it, Yep. went so yeah what is it demonoid is it demonoid 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 yeah easy tv oh that used to be a good one yts <laughs> rabi i've never heard of any of these what are you talking about well no easy tv i think i used to go to just to get like uh like season listings of shows you know, right. just to see was that easy because i think that sort of died Oh, I can't remember. I think it's TV.com that I get used now for that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, RaBG and 1337X. Never heard of half of those. And the Putlocker. I've heard of Putlocker. A uh, total of 160 domains have been blocked in two orders, uh, including alternative routes to the Pirate Bay. <coughs> VPN. <coughs> <laughs> They're never going to stop I had it. A of, I told you I had a bit of a cough. A cough. <laughs> VPN. <laughs> They are never going to stop it. I don't know, like, so, so they, okay, so say for example, okay, they've blocked it in top, they've blocked it at uh, Sydney Cove, where the pipe goes out of Australia, right? They put a big lock on it and said, no more torrents, we're going to sniff everything, and if we see any morsel of, of pirates of the Caribbean come through, we're blocking it. So they, blo- yeah, they block everything, right? But then it's just going to, ex- some server will pop up in, in China or the Bahamas or somewhere and re-encode it as something different and call it something else and VPN your way through and, yeah, and away you go again. Maybe encode it backwards and when you download it, you get a program and push it all back the other way. Well, it's like if you, right. you have a look on YouTube, there's a lot of um, TV shows 
that are now have this really big background that might be leaves or flowers or something. And in the bottom right corner is got the movie or TV show because it gets past a lot of the YouTube filtering. So what happens? So, so you're watching so it. If you, if you upload like an episode of family guy, yeah, then, then YouTube can detect that's an episode of family guy and then yes. lock it, shut, shut that thing down. So what they do is they put up a big uh, wallpaper that's got like flowers on it. Yeah. And in the bottom right corner, like a third or a quarter of the screen, has got the movie there and apparently oh. it gets past the YouTube filtering. But who wants to watch a quarter of a screen movie? Something's better than nothing, especially if it's free. I don't know. <laughs> must, people are doing it, so they must be watching it. Oh, look, I think people are desperate. Like, what, all this to save 10 bucks? You, what, you spend, spend 100 bucks on a pair of glasses by the time you finish. Binoculars. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You have to binoculars. Or you, or you, get, you have to sit so close to the TV, you burn your eyes out. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but oh, I don't know. Well, like, it's 1080p on a 55-inch screen. Should be big enough for anyone. Yeah, I need, I, I need, a, I need to buy a 105-inch screen because I want to see the movie in in 32 the inches. <laughs> that's right. Now it's two feet tall. Yeah, that's right. But I don't know. Like you know, in the old days, yes, like I think everyone's downloaded a movie or come across a movie that you know that hasn't been quite legal, uh, and I, I just stopped doing the ones. I just refused to stop. Even watching, looking, or whatever, anything that had screener in it, I just yeah. thought it's just rubbish. It's just the quality's not there. I'd rather go and spend ten dollars, well, maybe fifteen these days. Get it now. Yeah, go and spend yeah. well fifteen dollars to the, go to the cinema and get it and watch it, or yeah. or to get a decent copy. Just I don't know. You probably can get them for ten bucks, can't you? I don't know. Yeah, but, well, a lot of the time you only want to watch a particular show once, so do the rent now on iTunes or Google Play. Yeah. Just watch it the once, and then it gets deleted after forty-eight hours, and you're like, "Well, I've seen it now." That's right. And like things like I know a mate of mine had uh, he, he let me the whole the series, the whole series, the box series of Prison Break when it was out. You know what? Yep. Two two seasons wasn't much, but anyway, yeah. You know, and I, I remember thinking to myself, "Why do people buy? When is this? When are you going to watch this again?" You know, like you watch it once. I've got, I've got little cabinets that have got DVDs in and boxes in the garage. I haven't opened them. My DVD yeah. player hasn't been turned on in I don't know how long. No, well, that's right. Well, my DVDs, I, I was buying the Doctor Who box sets. Uh, yep. But, you know, the technology's come along. And, and I've, I've looked at these DVDs and I thought, you know, this is only standard definition, whereas you can watch them on Netflix and all this in a higher definition. Yep. Why would you bother? And Netflix. The Blu-rays and the Ultra Blu-rays and all this sort of stuff coming out. And it's like, I didn't even get Blu-ray or the um, HD DVDs or any of those. No. I've no. got one Blu-ray and that's because I bought um, Inception and it was a triple pack. So it had the DVD and a Blu-ray and a digital download. So I did the digital downloads and put that on the server and I just watched it from there. <laughs> I don't think I've even got... I've never bought a Blu-ray, never had a Blu-ray, never owned a Blu-ray. Yep. Never uh, the DVD drive in the computer is still a DVD. It's not a Blu-ray drive. I haven't um, got a DVD drive in any of my computers anymore. No, I think well, I've only got them because I've probably got them, you know. Yeah, like you had them before. Yeah, and I thought, well, what are you? Gonna, you're not going to chuck it out. So no, well, so. Mine, mine's gone to my dad when I built him 
a computer out of my old computer parts because he had one that was totally crap. Even the one that he's got now is probably six years old or mm. eight years old and needs updating, but he's happy with it. It's got it's got four gigs of RAM now. Yeah, it's super it, super fast. Because even like the grandparents will give the kids, you know, like because uh, uh, the uh, popper will make DVDs of the family movies and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So he, you know, runs them, runs them from the camera through the DVD, records them, and he'll give them to the kids. You know, go, oh, here's a, the video we took of last weekend or whatever, obvious and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But we don't have a DVD player, so I've got to, I've got to put it into the computer. Well, I still need a DVD on the computer, so yeah. I've got to put it in the computer, digitize it, and then they can just watch it on their iPad <laughs> <laughs> or, or or stream it through Apple TV. But, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like there's no there's no DVD player here. It's just yeah, just how it goes. No, my my work laptops and MacBook Pro doesn't come with DVD. My desktop computer here, I just didn't bother buying a DVD player for it. Mm. Yeah, that's just how it is. Yeah. That's how it is. All right. Bloody millennials are destroying everything. Didn't oh, you that that's right. <laughs> no, I didn't. They don't need it. Applebee, so they're shutting down. They don't use napkins anymore, so companies are going broke who used to make napkins. Oh, the pigs. Bloody don't, millennials, they're ruining everything. Don't they use napkins at McDonald's? They just use their shirts. People are using paper towels they're buying for home, not napkins. Uh, napkins that's are, oh, do, do you mean napkins as in cotton napkins? No, paper ones. Oh, right, right. Oh, because I'd have yeah, to say... People I... used to buy them and put them on the table when you're having dinner with guests and stuff. When you oh, stuff that. Your mouth <laughs> or something. So they're like, no, oh, we're not going to buy them anymore. We just get paper towels. You know, they work fine. I just don't make a mess. Yeah. It's, it's easy. Just don't, I just don't slob me no food. No more pork ribs for you. Oh, no. When I, when I have ribs, I've got to go and get like a, a wet washer. You know? yep. <laughs> so it's something nice and big and thick. So just... uh, I go, I go to um, Hog's Breath and order barbecue uh, smoked ribs, and they bring it out. And then I'm like, um, "Do you think I could have like a finger bowl so I can wash <laughs> my hands or or something? Because these napkins, they're just going to stick to the barbecue, and I'm going to end up with napkin on my finger." Oh yeah. So off they go, and they come back, and I'm like. This should be standard for everybody who orders barbecue ribs. And yeah. No one's going to chop it up with the fork and then try and stick the fork into a rib or a tiny bit of the meat and cut oh. it off. You pick them up and you eat it. That's what it's for. I could see, I could see you in the restaurant. Can I have a bowl of water for these ribs, please? And you hear this, <gasps> and then <laughs> and you're sitting there waiting for your bowl. And all these millennials crowd around. Oh, yeah. Look at this guy's going to use a bowl of water with ribs. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. He thinks it's bloody Christmas. <laughs> Look at this joker. He's washing his hands at the table. Jeez. Um, got a bathroom out the back then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, I don't know. Bloody hell. It's, uh, no, I've never heard of napkin places <laughs> uh, going broke, but yeah, I guess yeah, so. All, all over the news at the moment. Oh, what's it? Yeah, right. are ruining everything, shutting down all the businesses. Oh, well, that's just how the, the world goes, isn't it? I think each generation... Well, they're saying good things about it. You know, a lot more uh, eating in. Right. It's obvious because, you know, wages are stagnating, so it's cheaper to eat in. So they're not eating out, you know, two or three, four times a week like that Generation X lot did. They're, <laughs> they're not getting pass out drunk like the Generation X lot did. In fact, they're drinking a lot less. So, Yeah, but they're doing other things, aren't they? You know? No, they said um, 
the parents and grandparents and millennials are doing the drugs and drinking much more than the millennials. They just don't care about it. So Yeah, right. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good to hear, have with the kids coming into their teens. So, yeah, that's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay, so we did that one. I did the, the pirate one. I did the Kit Kat. Uh, did the Google. Uh, what about... Doing the Google. Yeah. The Google rap. Uh, there's a quick story here. Apple Australia claims it has come out unscathed from a five-year audit by the tax office, avoiding any <laughs> penalty for a controversial... That was funny to watch on TV. Did you see it? No. What happened? Like Facebook there is like, yeah, we, we totally only made a million dollars in sales in, in advertising. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And yeah. then the senators are like, yeah, I think... Three billion's a bit closer, <laughs> but whatever you reckon, one million, sure. Yeah, that's a bit of a joke, isn't it? It reportedly shifted $9 billion in Australian profits to the Irish parent in the last 10 years prior to 2013 by placing increasing markups on products sold by the Irish operation to Apple Australia. Later, uh, last year saw Apple globally ordered by the European Commission to repay about $19.2 billion after it found the company's Irish tax arrangements to be illegal under state aid rules. So uh, $19 billion, that's a bit of a, that's a dent in, a, in, in their bank account. They've only, I know they've, they've probably got another 100 more, but still, at 19, they wouldn't be happy with that. Uh, but I, I, from memory, I think we did cover this story, but from memory, I don't think... Can they think... pay it back in Bitcoin? No, iTunes gift cards. So. <laughs> that's the funniest thing i heard on this show i'd pay that one the, the audit examined the consumer electronic giants accounts from 2012 to 2015 the company's due to report it's 2017 financial results for years blah 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 blah, blah, blah. it goes on doesn't it so anyway so it looks like they've come out unscathed so they're happy so what... speaking of which did you see the current latest value of bitcoin no, how much? One Bitcoin, $5,488. Wow. What about Ethereum, your little baby? Ethereum, 421 What did you buy it for? 200 I bought it when it was... I bought half an Ethereum when it was 260 So... Litecoin, Litecoin, I bought one at 50 and Litecoin is now... Uh, where's the Litecoin? Oh, no, sorry, the other way around. Um... Oh, it's twenty dollars, and they don't have the price of Ethereum. What have they done? It's sunk. <laughs> it's gone. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah, Litecoin sixty nine seventy five. Well, that's so all right. One, one Litecoin when it was fifty, it's now sixty nine seventy five, and half an Ethereum when it was two sixty, and now it's four twenty one seventy one. Oh, look! If I ever got time, I'd probably try and get into it. But uh, but it sounds like so fifty bucks. You could do fifty bucks. Well, you could try and do 50 bucks a month. Then you'd make 20 bucks a month, reinvest yeah. it, and it, it would continue to grow, hopefully. But, yeah, um, I saw on Reddit this guy had done purchasing a um, lottery ticket uh, each month and also putting the same amount of money into um, Bitcoin. And you could see the um, graphs had money earned for his... Um, lottery or whatever he put it into going down and his bitcoin oh. skyrocketing off yeah right yeah well it's something uh yeah good luck with that it's uh but yeah bitcoin five thousand 
Mm. Oh, how how where would Will have been if he found his wallet? He'd be on, in Bermuda Triangle like somewhere. 80, 80 of them, didn't he? Yeah, apparently, yeah. So yeah. what's it? Eighty times five thousand. So eight fives are forty. Four hundred thousand. Oh, jeez. People have, people have, people sold it like last year. People were selling their coins and buying a house with cash. $800,000 house. Yeah, right. Wow. And they just mined it. So it's not like me where I'm buying Mm. Litecoin and buying Ethereum. They just mined it on their computer when it was, you know, not being used overnight or if they had like computer lab, install it on all the computers and just keep dumping in the same wallet. So do you reckon... It's, does it go without saying that, like, like Google and all this are doing it? They've, they've got, say, a dedicated room in there. Every, you know, <laughs> like they'd have to be, wouldn't well, they? They're making, they're making Bitcoin ATMs and uh, markets, and banks are now um, adding connections into it so that you can uh, bank or you go to the ATM, take out so many bitcoins worth of money and things like that. So. I just can't see how it can hold its value if if people can make it, like mine it. So mine make not, not like, as like, easily now. Yeah, right. Like if you if you if you started on like a year or two ago, then you're rolling in it. Mm. If you start now, it's not worth the electricity that you're spending on your computer to keep going. But they still mm. sell. Um, there's certain graphic cards that you can't buy anymore because the price of it and the speed of it were just the right amount to mine Bitcoin without uh, that was lower than the price of the electricity being used. Yeah, right. People just built like 20 rigs with these graphic cards in them and just set them all up on their home network and went mining, 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 mining. And then <laughs> you go, oh, I'd like to get a uh, NVIDIA X400. They're like, mm, sorry, all the Bitcoiners bought that. You can't buy it. There's a worldwide shortage. So, but, but when you say like that, you know, um, it's not worth the electricity, but if one, <clears throat> how, how long would it take you to mine a, one Bitcoin? Like, uh, so if you probably had... a month or so. Yeah, so if that's five thousand bucks, that'd be worth electricity, wouldn't it? Put some panels on the roof. Depends on if you're the one that wins the thing. Yeah, mm. it's best to get into a mining group now. And get a yeah, you were saying yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, anything else that you've got this week? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, well, we've been talking about this over the week, so it's time to wrap it up. HBO has proved its any piracy efforts are no joke with the company's subsidiary partner bringing four Game of Thrones pirates to justice. Oh, I... If you think HBO's efforts to punish Game of Thrones pirates were a joke, speak to the four people arrested in conjunction with the leak of the fourth episode of the latest season. In early August, the Game of Thrones episode The Spoils of War surfaced on various file-sharing and streaming sites across the globe ahead of its commercial release. Despite being of low quality and trumping the official release date by only a few days, the leak was illegally downloaded by hordes of eager Game of Thrones fans. As the leaked episode contained for internal viewing only and Star India Private Limited watermarks, any piracy officials were able to quickly narrow down the culprits. We take this breach very seriously and have immediately initiated forensic investigations at our and the technology partners end to swiftly determine the cause. This is a grave issue. We are taking appropriate legal remedial action, the spokesman from Star India said at the time. Now, after 10 days of investigations, the subsidiary of 21st Fox has been able to track down those responsible for illegally releasing the episode. Mm. Deputy Commissioner of Police Akbar, it's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) His name is Akbar. What can you do? 
Akbar Pathan said four men arrested are accused of criminal breach of trust and computer-related offences and would be detained until August 21, which we've had. We wow. investigated the case and have arrested four individuals for unauthorised publication of the fourth episode from season seven. He said authorities claim the men were employees of Mumbai-based company responsible for storing and processing the TV episodes for an app and had official credentials giving them access. Well, there you go, eh? Not, not hacksaws after all. It was guys who worked there. Yeah, it's our Game of Thrones, eh? There's a lot of, lot of trouble with Game of Thrones. Everyone wants to rip them off. Uh, all right. Did you have any more? Yep. Yeah, it was it. recently rumored that Google was working on a Google Assistant, Assistant powered headphones with the code name Bisto. Information was derived from a teardown of a recent Google APK, which contained strings relating to such a product. These headphones would seemingly act like an in ear version of Google Home, responding to voice commands and providing information at one's request. Following the earlier news, Android Police has now taken a closer look at the Google version 7.10 beta app and unearthed further details of what we could expect from Google's upcoming headphones. Possibly the biggest news is that Google may not just produce headphones itself, but make it possible for third-party manufacturers to develop similar assistant-powered headphones too. The Visto software would seemingly be customizable to support the individual designs of the products, so we could also see devices like mono Bluetooth earpieces as well as luxury headphones coming in at a range of price points, something like what's going on with the Android Wear ecosystem. Reportedly, Bisto headphones will also be able to read out your notifications, giving you access to the information on your phone to which they would have to be paired with. It seems like it seems like these will be prioritized slash intelligent to some degree. So if you're getting 50 useless notifications per day, it won't read them all out, hmm. but just the latest or most important. Apparently, hmm. it may also be able to read out full messages from certain apps like Allo and their sender. Other Bisto tidbits include possible voice calling functionality for regular phone calls and those for supported apps, as well as the ability to read out the current battery level of the headphones, something sorely missing from many other Bluetooth headphones. Now, I just Googled Bisto, mm -hmm. and it's... Uh... <laughs> was it fun? It was. It's... it's, it's uh, what is it? It's gravy. Bisto gravy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Bisto. Yum. Yeah. One in three pie people don't like their neighbours. Join Bisto Open Door Sunday. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's cool. That's good. That's good. Uh, Radio. I think. Uh, oh, look. We get. I got heaps of emails. They're all asking the same question. Why are you always on the thumbnail video? The vi you know, the video thumbnail for the show. I don't know. The most photogenic. It must be. But like, I've tried. I've tried to push you into the intro as far as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I brought you in early. You can't I'm, hack the matrix, please. I, I, I pushed you in late. That still comes to you. I don't know what you do, but uh, it always comes to you. And then so, so what I'll, can I say? I mean, you know. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go into YouTube. I'll go, oh, I'll fix this Jason fella. And I'll go, I'll choose another thumbnail. But they're, they're, all, all, they're all you. Yes. If I, yeah, I have to go. I'm not saying it's aliens, <laughs> but it's aliens. It's saying to me, I've actually got to go in and if I want to get rid of your face, I've got to go in and and create a custom thumbnail. <laughs> I'll tell you, if it does it to me this week, I will do a custom thumbnail. I'll teach <laughs> like you. you didn't do it last week, right? Did, no, I was. Uh, Did it get Shane? No, it got Shane. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. As long as it's not you, that's the main thing. That's right. It must have some. Uh, I've got a haircut today, so maybe I'll have a shot. It might help. 
That may do. All right. Well, I think uh, that'll do us. I think, unless you're, you're ready to rock. Sounds good to me. Yep. Lovely. All right. So uh, thanks for joining us again for another week. And uh, we'll be back again next week, barring accidents. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, it's, it is broadcast weekly. We can be found at facebook.com and on YouTube. And they're both forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. And twitter.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds. Email us, Glenn, Will, Warlock, Eric at AussieTechEds.com.au. All right. Thanks, Jace, for coming in. Glad to hear you all better. And, no uh, worries. Good to be back and, again. And what is that? Again next week. Oh, that is, that's, you're going to suck up the thumbnail definitely now with those things. An Enderman and a Creeper. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for downloading.